Welcome to Write Your Book in a Flash with Dan Janelle, the only podcast where you'll learn how successful people just like you have grown their businesses, expanded their influence, and made more money by writing a book. On each episode, you'll learn the inside secrets to help you create a book that can serve as a powerful marketing tool to skyrocket your business. I'm your host, Dan Janelle. I help thought leaders, business executives, and entrepreneurs write their books. To find out more, go to writeyourbookinaflash.com. Everyone knows that you are wired for stories. People love stories. People love hearing fairy tales and fables and such like that in their real world. But did you know in the business world as well, stories work? People love hearing business stories. Today, you're going to learn the best stories to tell, how to tell them, and what stories to avoid. Hi, I'm Dan Janelle, the author of more than a dozen books, including Write Your Book in a Flash. I'm a book coach, ghostwriter, and developmental editor, and no matter where you are in the writing process, I can help you write your book. Now, let's get started. Our guest today is Diane Windingland. She is an expert speaker and speaking coach. I know her personally from my days in the National Speakers Association of Minnesota, where we were both members and uh, board members, and she's just a wonderful person. I learned so much from her every week in her newsletter. You must subscribe to it. So, Diane, welcome. Thank you, Dan. I'm excited to be here. Super. Let's dive right into this. Why are stories or storytelling important in business books? Well, I call stories the Swiss army knife of your message delivery because stories can do so much. They can maximize memory, get your story understood, your concept understood and repeated and remembered. They can boost buy-in and they can even build trust. So they're very useful in doing those heavy lifting activities that can't just be done if you're simply saying, do this. Can I give you an example, Dan? Please, yes. So I was just thinking about the stories that I've read in nonfiction books that have stuck with me. And one of them, I can't even remember how long ago this book came out, but it was Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, I think is the title. Do you know, was that like 20 years? I don't know how long ago that came out. But I read that book shortly after it came out, and there is one story that I still remember. And I I don't know if it was original to Stephen Covey, but it was the story of the man on the train. Do you know what I'm talking about? Give me a little bit more detail. Good. Okay. So he tells the story of a man who goes on a subway train, like to go to work. He enters the train, sits down. It's really peaceful. Some people are reading. Some people are resting with their eyes closed. And then a man with two children comes into the train and the man sits down right next to him. And the children proceed to be unruly and the man just seems to ignore them. And finally, the the man who is the main character of the story turns to this father and says something like, you know, your children are really being disruptive. Can you do something about them? And then the father says something like, oh, you know, I'm really sorry. We, we just left the hospital and their mom, my wife just died. And all of a sudden 
the narrator, the, the man on the train, had a completely different perspective on the situation and started to be compassionate. And so that story stuck with me because it's really about not judging a person or a situation too hastily when you have very limited information. So that's an example of a story that was of a personal nature, but in a business book to illustrate a concept. And it's one that stuck with me, honestly, much more than any other part of the book. (laughs) That's a great story. I remember a speech maybe 30 years ago by Bob Bly, who's a very famous copywriter, uh, was at the, the Public Relations Society of New York. It was a luncheon. He gave a speech where he talked about one of his more interesting copywriting experiences where his client had a train full of apples that had been pockmarked with hail, and they couldn't be sold in a grocery store because people want perfect apples. So he had to sell this entire train load full of pockmarked apples. And he wrote a headline that said, these apples are so pure, you can see the marks of nature in their skin. 30 years ago, I remember that same story. (laughs) It's all about how you spin it, right, Dan? (laughs) Exactly. So how do stories do that? Why do they have that effect on people? Well, if you think about it, stories have been around since the beginning of man, from the time of the cavemen, they would draw pictures and probably talk about or somehow indicate, you know, how successful the hunt went or what animals to stay away from. And stories enable people to navigate the world around them. They are almost sometimes like a dress rehearsal. And there have been studies that have shown their that we have something like mirror neurons in our brains. When we see someone do something or even hear a story about it, we start to empathize and put ourselves in their place, which also creates emotion. Mm -hmm. And when emotion is created, that really connects with people's memory and thinking. So it's, it's really a brain thing, I'd say. That's great. You know, I'm writing a book now with a retired army general and the stories he tells are just amazing. And they fulfill every part of everything you just said, because they're vivid experiences that capture the emotions and the senses, even sight and smell, uh, which is pretty hard to do in some stories. Uh, So it's really, really cool. So I'm wondering what kinds of stories can be used in a business book? Well, you can use your stories, and you can use other people's stories. And in a business book, your stories could be your personal stories, either from business, your business experience, or even outside of business, like the story of the man on the train. So your personal stories are a great way to get started. You may also have stories related to your company, stories related to your product or service, stories related to clients or customers that you've had. Excuse me. And then you can use other people's stories as well. Maybe stories from history, maybe stories that are in the news. And if you're using someone else's story, you definitely have to credit the source of the story because it's not 
your story. Definitely, that's uh, that's standard protocol. You never want to steal someone else's story. Is there a secret ingredient in business stories? Well, I would say there is a secret ingredient to all stories if you want your story to be interesting. And that is there has to be a problem or a conflict. There has to be some sort of obstacle to a goal to make a story even interesting. So so that would be the one secret ingredient that's not so secret. Think of if you've ever heard like an elderly relative like old uncle joe start to tell a story and you're like sitting there smiling wondering what's the point because he's going into like all the background and you're like i you know get to the interesting part definitely uh in fact when i do my seminars on how to write a book in a flash i always go back to the point that the only reason that anyone wants to read a book is to solve their problem. So I tell people to have eight chapters with eight problems that they like to solve, that their clients have, that pay them well, and that they get joy from working on and have case studies, examples of doing that. So they get to be seen as the person who can lead them from mess to success. So that's another way to use the right kinds of stories and the problem-solving approach. So let's dive into the construction of a story. How do you put a story together? Well, first of all, there are elements that every story must have. And you'd be surprised how many people try to do a story and are missing elements. There needs to be some indication of time. It could be last week. It could be 10 years ago. It could be when I was a child, but just some indication of time. There also needs to be some indication of place at my last job, you know, in the coffee shop, just some indication of where it took place. And there typically is a main character. Now, in a business book, unless you're telling your own personal story, you probably shouldn't be the main character. If it is a client story, your client is the main character and the main character has to have a goal, something they want to accomplish. And again, remember, to make a story interesting, there needs to be an obstacle. So there has to be a challenge, a problem, an obstacle to that goal. And then finally, stuff has to happen. There have to be events in the story. So those are the critical elements. And if I can share my screen, let's see if I can do that real quick. I can show you how they might go together. Okay, so do you see my screen? I do. Okay, so this is how you can put some of those elements together. And this is what I call the shape of a story with a happy ending. If you'll notice, the end of the story is higher than the beginning for the shape. And so the first part is where you set up the context just a little bit, the elements of time, place, characters, and goals. And then the important part, there has to be a challenge, a problem, or an obstacle. And then there's usually some additional obstacles along the way. And at some point, there is a turning point. Now, if you're telling a client story, the turning point might be when the client started using your process. For example, there's usually some falling action, and then there is some kind of resolution where something changed, 
Would you like an example of a story? A quick Definitely. one. Definitely. Please. Okay. So here's a story I have about, I call it Michael and the ums. Very briefly, the short version, I was hired to work with Michael a few years ago at his place of employment. He was a technical lighting engineer. And his company was concerned that he would embarrass them at an upcoming conference because he said so many ums in his presentation. He had 30 ums in three minutes when I recorded him. He realized it was a problem. The turning point was when I used a technique where I had a Coke can with me and I hit it with a pen every time he said um, and he learned to just pause and not say um. And he only had three ums in three minutes after about 10 minutes of working with me, and he had success at the conference. So that's one way you can arrange elements of a story together to tell the story. And it's also fun if you have an opportunity to include dialogue, because dialogue can add a lot of color to a story. I did in that very short little synopsis, I gave you the short version with no dialogue. I love that visual because you brought out a number of interesting points that we can easily remember that sometimes we take for granted about the time and the place and the those elements. What I particularly liked about your example is that the end was higher than the beginning. I hadn't thought about that before, so I learned something new. So thank you for that. You're welcome. Yeah. Well, there can be cautionary tales where maybe Michael didn't work with me and he thought he had his ums handled, but instead they were terrible and he failed at the conference and got fired from his job. So you can do cautionary tales as well. Sure. I use a very similar method when I teach my clients how to do case studies, which very much follows yours. There is an extra step at the end though. It's a testimonial. Right. Michael saying, Oh, Thank you so much, Diane. I never could have done this without you. And because of this, I got a raise and I'm making more money now and I'm happier than ever. Thank you so much. So So those kind of testimonials are also great if you can use them in your book. They can be, you know, part of the teaser for the book on if you're if you're teaching a success method, for example. Perfect. Great. Uh, Diane, can you share any resources with our listeners so they can tell better stories? There are a lot of books and resources when it comes to storytelling. I'll just give you my two favorite. One was from, I don't know, 15 years ago now, maybe not that long. It was the book Made to Stick by Mm -hmm. Chip and Dan Heath. You probably have read it. I found it very motivational to make me want to use things that are sticky, like stories. Then a more recent book is Sell with a Story. And I am blanking out on the author, but it is extremely practical. It is bent towards sales, but he has some great formats and examples of how to structure stories. And if you're in sales, I would definitely say you'll want to pick up a copy of that book as well. Fantastic. I will have links to those resources as well as resources to working with Diane as well in the show notes. So look below the video for the show notes. 
and you can get in touch with Diane for more information. We have other videos on storytelling and sales techniques, so be sure to watch our other videos on this channel. Thank you. Thanks, Dan. Thank you for listening to the Write Your Book in a Flash podcast with Dan Janelle, the only podcast that shows you exactly how people just like you have built their businesses by writing a book. If you'd like to write your book but don't know where to start, you can find great information at writeyourbookinaflash.com. If you're ready to take your next step to write the book that can transform your business, I invite you to schedule a free, no-obligation consulting call with me by going to writeyourbookinaflash.com. We'll be back next week with another insightful interview to help you become a top business leader.